Welcome to the What If Podcast with your hosts, Spencer Worth Davis and Ryan Copperood. Skinwalkers, part D. Because of the vastness of the fucking weirdness of this place and this story, it's almost impossible to do even 90 minutes and be like, okay, we covered it. I mean, who has the answers? (laughs) I don't know, Tyler. Nobody knows, bro. Nobody knows, Tyler. All right, so last time... Yeah, last we left you. We we ran down all of the weird things that were happening. We had orbs incinerating dogs. Yep. We had cattle mutilations. We had... We had UFOs. We had interdimensional portals. We had seven-foot-tall TIE fighter pilots inside of RVs in the field of the Sherman family. We had some uh, poltergeist activity. We did. We had... uh, What am I missing? We had a Bigfoot sighting or two. We had a Bigfoot sighting or two. Lemming orbs leading cattle off of cliffs. Yeah, uh, the the whole range of paranormal. Oh, we had the flying death ray refrigerators. Yes, the chupas. We did. The chupas. We had we had Native American curses. Yep. Um, all kinds of horrible, terrible things happening on this ranch, ending with or culminating with the Shermans selling their ranch in July of '96. I think is where we last left you. Yeah. And just really quickly before we get into the sale of the ranch, I just want to read one more quote from this uh, Deseret News article. Hit me with it. Um, It starts with a quote from Terry Sherman himself that says, T. Sherman. T. Sherman. Oh, (laughs) I've got a neighbor over here who's reluctant to talk. But he told me they've had trouble since he was a small kid here, and he's probably 55 now. He told me, people will think you're crazy, but you're not. If you are, then we both have the same problem. So he's got a crazy neighbor is what you're saying. Well, I guess what I'm saying is the the, the rest of this passage, and I won't read the whole thing, but it also refers back to neighbors and other people in the area who acknowledge weird things happen light shooting out of crafts in the sky uh shit from the 60s shit that goes way back earlier and i just think that in a lot of ways again i think part of what i'm trying to do is communicate the ways in which i was moved from being a skeptic to being more like this shit ain't regular man this shit ain't regular (laughs) man like what the fuck is going on because because i'm so quick to i mean I hope y'all feel like, I think we feel like we bring a pretty healthy dose of skepticism to a lot of the stuff that we talk about. I mean, obviously except we when have, we don't, except when we don't, but except we have, when it's a good story and we want to have a good time. Yeah. And, but, but I think we acknowledge that we have a fun time entertaining those concepts more than we're trying to convince you that we think, or anyone thinks that they're like gospel truth. Right. Right. But, but in this situation, I was immediately skeptical. I was like, what the fuck do you mean all this shit happened in one place during one period of time to one family? Okay, cool. That's probably one weird old dad who's like, he's not taking care of his cows and they're dying from diseases. <laughs> and he's going, oh, there's aliens taking the meat off my cows. You know, like, yeah. that was what I originally chalked it up to. But when you dig a little bit deeper into it whose attention it caught other independently verified through journalists people's takes on what was happening in the area we didn't even talk about uh mr hicks the local uh the local high school professor heck uh hacks mr hacks uh the guy who i don't know that part of it there was a guy who expressed an interest after reading some of the stories in the local paper who was basically like a local 
UFO researcher, a, a local MUFON uh, field reporter, etc., if you will. Okay. Um, and he was a teacher. He was a science teacher at the local high school. He went to the Shermans and was basically saying to them, you're not crazy. I believe you. Everyone comes to me with the stories of the weird shit they see in this basin, in this area. It's not just in your heads. And I, and I think that's generally what I need is at least enough third-party verifiable. There's even plenty if it's in not, this story, man. Yeah, I mean, even if it's not, oh, we also saw the 200-pound dog wolf beast, but just generally an acknowledgement of the weirdness that happened in this area over this period of time right. and long before. It was not enough, unique to this family. Yeah, is enough for me to be less skeptical and more confused, I guess, yeah. is what I'm trying to communicate. Along those lines. Yes. In 97. Yes. The Sherman sold the ranch to the National Institute for Discovery Science, which was basically Robert Bigelow. It was his, he started the group, he funded the group, he technically bought the ranch from the Shermans with the sole, uh, his only goal in doing so was to study it from a scientific standpoint. For those that don't know, Robert Bigelow was a real estate developer in the Southwest of the United States in the 80s and early 90s who amassed an unbelievable fortune throughout his real estate Billions, I believe, adventures. Right? I think he's got to be next yeah. to his name. But yeah, so he has used a lot of that money to fund things related to the paranormal, including the institution that Spencer just referenced. And now uh, Bigelow Air Aerospace as well. Yes. So his, Which is still his, functioning to this day? Yeah. Is that yep. true? They're, they're active now. Okay. The Institute for Discovery Science disbanded in 04, mm. but uh, Bigelow Aerospace is active. They Their whole thing is they, when NASA stopped producing and experimenting with the inflatable habitats that yeah. they were working on in the 2000s, Yeah. Bigelow bought the rights to continue that project. Sure. And uh, so Bigelow Aerospace primarily focuses on designing and manufacturing habitats for use in low Earth orbit. And he has actually said, and we should play a quote from him in a second, but yeah, he, he has said his whole goal as a businessman was to make enough money to be able to work on space travel. Tight. So... He said, Elon beat you, bro. When he was a kid, he said, I don't, I, you know, I don't have money. In order to get involved in space travel, I need lots and lots of money. Yep. I'm not the smartest guy ever. I don't already have money to get into some of the other businesses that require a, a huge amount of money just to, to get in the door. Right, right. So he got involved in real estate because it had sort of a, a low entry point. And a high bar. And a, and a high ceiling. And so his entire time in real estate, his goal was just to make enough to be able to get into aerospace. Selling houses so I can hang out with aliens. Seriously. That's so real. And at, before we get into the the research and the, the the change in ownership, I just want to play this quote from, this is, this is Robert Bigelow um, on 60 Minutes being interviewed about his thoughts on aliens, extraterrestrial life, and space travel. Do you believe in aliens? I'm absolutely convinced that's all there is to it. Do you also believe that UFOs have come to Earth? There has been and is an existing presence, uh, an ET presence. And I spent millions and millions, I probably spent more as an individual than anybody else in the United States has ever spent on this subject. Is it risky for you to say, you know, in public that you believe I don't in, give in a UFOs damn. and aliens? I don't care. 
You don't worry that some people will say, did you hear that guy? He sounds like he's crazy. I don't care. Why not? It's not going to make a difference. It's not going to change reality of what I know. Do you imagine that in our space travels we will encounter other forms of intelligent life? You don't have to go anywhere. You can find it here? Yeah. <laughs> Where exactly? It's just like right under people's noses. It's, oh my gosh. Wow. The FAA confirmed to us that for years it referred reports of UFOs and other unexplained phenomena to a company Bigelow owns. He told us he's had his own close encounters, but declined to go into detail. So Bigelow is very uh, interested, should we say. I would say adamant. Yeah. he almost, He's like almost roasting that girl, asking questions like, are you stupid? Of course the shit's real. He right. just doesn't even, doesn't even cross his mind and almost. It's also interesting to me that he's been involved in it for so long and that they reference in there that the FAA started forwarding reports of UFOs and unexplained aerial phenomena right. to, uh, they said a company owned by Bigelow. I think it was, mm, I forget the name. It was like Bigelow, Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies was, was the name of the group. So in the, I think sometime in the late 60s, early 70s, the government stopped officially investigating UFOs. But people kept reporting them. And so people would contact the Air Force or whoever with these reports of, I saw these lights in the sky right. or I saw this craft. Right. And, and they're like, we ain't got shit to do with this, but you know who does. But we'll forward it to Bobby for <laughs> right. you. And so Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies took over that investigation of, of all these sort of unexplained aerial things. Yeah. Which then later developed into the National Institute of Discovery Science. So... So in '97, Robert Bigelow slash we'll call him Nids for for short. Yep, bought the ranch with the intention of scientifically examining, exploring, explaining what was happening. We talked about in uh, the last episode. We talked about Colm Kelleher, who co-wrote the book Hunt with for the Skinwalker, the Hunt for the Skinwalker with Nap. Why can't I think George of his first name? George Nap. They co-wrote that book together, and actually, there's a great quote from Colm related to NIDS, where he says, we don't study aliens, we study anomalies. They're the same thing in a lot of people's minds, but not in our minds. And I thought that was a really cool distinction, just in the way that they basically go, we're not, we're not just like UFO enthusiasts who are out here trying to figure out aliens. We just take weird shit in the world, and we approach weird shit in the world with a scientific perspective. Right. Which is... Any, anything unexplained... That science doesn't want to touch because of the possible perception of studying weird, unexplained things. We'll do it. Right. And one of the strangest or most interesting things to me, so they sold the ranch for, I don't know, it was like a few hundred thousand dollars, I think. I, I don't know what the price was. I think it was something like that. I saw that listed somewhere. But you would think that Terry and Gwen's A1 priority after selling that ranch was would be get me the fuck out of here, like, go anywhere, right? Well, and for Gwen, it was. I think she only returned once or twice, but Terry Terry was out there all the fucking time so, because he just wanted to know what was going on. Yeah, Terry low-key basically stayed at the ranch. Right. I mean, not he didn't live there. I think there were nights that he for, definitely for stayed there. At times he did, yeah. Yeah, he was so wrapped up 
in his previous two years worth of experience, which I get, and I probably I would, would I would too. absolutely want to get to the bottom of, A, what was happening to me personally. Right, right. And, but also what was happening to my livelihood and my business and why this all failed and I had to move. Like, that, that has a huge impact on your life. That's two years of your life basically lost. To, to a whole bunch of weird to shit. who knows what. Right. I guess there's also part of me that would cut that check and be like, all right, holla at me when y'all got it figured out, but I'm not here to fucking... I guess it's got to feel it. pretty personal at that point, though, especially oh, especially when you get into the whole idea of it's a conscious entity of some kind that is interacting with the people on the property right. and dealing with and feeding off of and influencing and manipulating their emotions. Right. I'm sure he felt a, a personal vendetta or yeah. a, at the very least a curiosity about what was going on. Yeah, that's real. So the I, the main team was uh, Colm Kelleher, mm-hmm. a veterinarian, I think largely because of all the weird stuff that was going on with animals, the animals. Sure. And a physicist, I would guess for all the other... Metaphysical yeah, elements of things. Unexplained, dimensional, ballistic motion, aerial, weird right. shit. right. Am I hallucinating? Well, is that a real thing? And yeah, so they they didn't necessarily they didn't have a full time psychiatrist or psychologist or right. human behavior expert right. out there, which I think would have been equally interesting. Right. But the, yeah, so the main crew was and Colm Kelher was a, a biochemist, so they sort of had some angle on yeah. you know if it was a, a hallucination or something like that, maybe how chemicals could have been interacting with the the livestock and the humans on the property or whatever yep i was so Uh, glad they looked into that by the way yeah that was the the main crew and then they had other people out to assist with the investigation as necessary but they for several years they had two teams out on the property basically every night yeah and just to just to backpedal really quickly if we didn't make this clear, Bigelow had become aware of this story through some of the local papers and the writings that Knapp was doing about the Sherman Ranch property in Vegas. Bigelow is from Vegas originally, okay. and Nids is based in Vegas. That's right. And Knapp was writing in the local Vegas papers about Which I think is only a couple incidents. hours from the the ranch yeah i mean they would share a corner of the state right isn't that how that yeah, geography I think, works at one point in the book kelleher talks about how so they were based in vegas before they officially started the investigation and were out there full time terry would call them when especially weird stuff would happen and he said be like just a fyi yeah i saw, saw bigfoot big come dog. out of a portal yeah <laughs> um he said from the time that Terry called them to the time they arrived at the ranch was five hours. So they, oh, wow. they must have been pretty close. Yeah, that's not that's not a bad run. They started this investigation officially in 97, and they were out there every night. And their their original goal or goals were to get electromagnetic readings of the area. Yep. And UV spectrum data on any unexplained lights. Sure. That was it. They they figured, based on what was being reported, those were the two most basic data points they could get. Steps one and two of, as people who fuck with science, these are things that we feel like are visible, measurable, uh, evidentiary things to the stories we've been yeah. hearing. So for the first month or so that they're out there, 
not a lot happens. They see a couple of unexplained lights, a couple more cattle go missing, but it's not the more blatant cattle mutilation. They just disappear. Gal. But there was nothing there was nothing significant enough for them to actually study and take data on. About three months into this, Terry and Gwen are back out at the ranch because they still have some cattle there and they still have some day-to-day business, I guess, that they have to attend to. Sure. And they are driving past their four bulls that are in a pen together. They drive past them, and about 20 minutes later, they've made a loop around the property and they come back, and the four bulls are missing. They're not in the pen. There's nothing there. They get out of the car and they walk over to the pen, and next to the pen, there is a, a small trailer that all four of the bulls are now inside of. So in 20 to 30 minutes, these bulls somehow got out of the pen that they were in, climbed into this trailer that they were, they were just barely big enough to fit inside this trailer, like shoulder to shoulder. They were packed in there. Get in there, close the door behind them and lock it. The door was locked and they were inside the trailer. Terry walks Dude, over what the fuck? and he looks in through the window and they're all just standing there totally calm. They're not making any noise. They're not moving. They're just standing there dead still. We deserve a residence. Tired of being an outside T- bull. T- I'm, an, I'm an inside I'm bull a, now. I got bougie taste. I'm an <laughs> inside bull. Terry makes some sort of noise outside the trailer, which seems to pull the bulls out of this almost trance that they're in. They're zen. They realize that they're stuck shoulder to shoulder inside this trailer with a locked door and they start freaking the fuck out. I believe this is quite literally a bull in a china shop to some extent. Uh, literally is not the right word, but not yes, literally. it is I mean, metaphorically. I mean, breaking anything and everything inside of the trailer bulls as they Bulls are breaking shit. Yes. Yes. They're stuck in there. They're freaking out. They don't even have enough room to like turn around. And they're kicking the shit out of this trailer because you've got, bet. whatever, several tons worth of animal yeah. inside a little trailer. Almost 10,000 pounds of yeah, probably animal. They let them out and the door, so the door to the trailer was locked. He had to unlock the door to let them out. And when he unlocked and opened the door, there were still cobwebs across the door because the trailer hadn't been used in years. So the door apparently had not even been opened. And yet all these bulls... All four of these bulls, who couldn't have even physically fit in there on their own, were inside of it without having opened the door. So this was the first huge fucking anomaly that Kelleher and Nids studied. And it was... And it was just like Gwen and Terry, they probably... You know what they probably did? They probably just shut the door and they were like, Hey, Bobby! (laughs) Can you... Can you... Can you come in for a sec? I mean, their whole approach was we're going to get electromagnetic readings and we're going to get UV spectrum data. <laughs> and they were like, measure this shit, huh? Well. Measure one, the balls getting in a fucking house. One one end of the trailer was totally magnetic. It had a measurable, very strong, measurable magnetic signature. Weird. Yes. Which over the next 48 hours slowly dissipated. So one end of the trailer what? was strongly magnetically charged. No way. And then within two days went back to being totally normal. But Stop. again, like it's measurable. It doesn't explain anything. 
you have no more information about what happened, even though you can measure that something fucking weird happened. Bruh. Yeah. So that was, that was the first, hey, what the fuck is going on? Can we measure any of this? That the NIDS people were present on the property for. Right. Got it. The next one was the little golf ball, red glowing orbs leading the cows off the cliff into the river. Oh, they were actually present that on happened, the land at that point. Yeah, when uh, it was out there as well. But it. again, they weren't able. There's there's no data to be taken from yeah. that. I mean, How, best case, maybe. We can tally the broken legs. But you have no, you don't even have a guess as to what caused it or what happened. And I mean. And if it's gone. Cows are capable of walking. You know, that's that's really all right. you can all you can say is that they they walked somewhere they shouldn't have. Right. And Terry said that there were red lights out there. This one gets real fucking weird. Tight, let's do this. Two of the investigators are out in a field one night. They see on the ground a small like pinpoint of yellow light. And at first, one of them thought it was a piece of glass or metal or something that was reflecting moonlight mm-hmm. or something like that. Sure. He points it out to the, the other investigator, and they stop, and they watch this point of light, and it starts growing up to about the size of a quarter, and it gets bigger. And after a few minutes, it's now about three feet across. Sasquatch ball! Sasquatch ball! You're closer than you realize. After about three minutes, this ball of light is now three feet across. Yep. And they had night vision goggles with them. Yep. And so one of the two of them puts on the night vision goggles. He's looking at this light, and he can see, once he puts the night vision goggles on, that it is not a flat, two-dimensional plane of light. Yep. But there is, in fact, a sort of like a cone or a funnel underneath it. Okay. So it's not exactly on the ground. It's slightly above the ground. And underneath it, there's sort of this funnel taper. shape. Yeah. As they're watching it, one of them through the night vision goggles, one of them just with his own eyes, it continues growing until it's about four feet across. And he sees a six foot tall, he guessed 400 pound, faceless black furry creature climb out of the tunnel and just walk off into the night. Oh, hell no. <laughs> Uh-oh. Bruh. The after the fucking interdimensional portal Bigfoot ass looking boy leaves, it just shrinks back down until it disappears and the portal is gone. Why was that set of night vision goggles not recording video? I need right. that in my life. Right. They had the same experience that many people report around weird paranormal UFO shit. Right. In that any sort of advanced, as they said, electronics would not work. So they were shooting primarily film for everything. Yeah. And trying to use the simplest equipment that they possibly could. I read one article that said that they had put up uh, even though they were doing that, they still tried to put up some cameras around the property to see if they could catch some stuff. And that one night, or one morning, I guess, they were looking at their feeds. They had a almost like a closed... Uh, they were taking around-the-clock security footage. Closed circuit, by, by, yeah, security by the footage. End. Yeah. They realized, oh, shit, one of the cameras is out. It was three, in fact. Oh, three. They had, so there was like a... A telephone pole, basically, yeah. on the property. Yep. And they had put three security cameras on it, all facing in different directions. Sure. So that they had a 360 view of that area. Okay. So, so correct the, me if I'm wrong, but they came, basically, 
they came out to go, okay, we have to fix that tower, thinking it's uh, it's an electrical line or it's something. Something got unplugged. Or, yeah, yeah, and they go to investigate. They climb up the tower and find out that the cameras have been shredded. Oh. Is this a different it, story? Maybe. The one I'm thinking of, the wiring for these cameras is all is all bundled together. Yep. So they've taped all the wires together yep. all the way around and then sealed it inside of a, a PVC pipe sure. that's attached to the, the pole going up. Someone or something had disconnected the wires from the cameras, unbundled them, and pulled them out of the, of the PVC pipe. Ah, this is a little different then, so they must okay. have lost another camera. In this story with the, the three cameras that all died at the same time, yep. they saw them all cut out at 8.30. They realized after they went out there that another one of the cameras they had set up had this pole with the three cameras on it in its view, in its frame. So they pulled up that camera to see, okay, what happened? Yeah, we know yeah. we know exactly when it cut out. We should be able to pull up the other. This is the same story. I, okay. I must just have a couple details that are slightly differing. They figured we could pull up the footage from this fourth camera and see what happened at 830 when all these cut out. Right. They ran it back, and at 8.30, right when all all three of those cameras died and were in the frame, nothing happened. And yet, when they went out there... The physical evidence. There was physical evidence of they were unplugged, they had been unraveled, they had been pulled out. And for the whole time period in which that happened, nothing visible was on the, on the film. Which doesn't make a goddamn bit of sense. Sure doesn't. It also makes it fucking impossible to measure any of this stuff. Right. When what you are trying to document appears sometimes to some people in some form. Right. But you can't record it. You can't film it. Right. You can sometimes see different things through night vision goggles, sometimes not. Like it's, it lends a lot of credence to the idea that this is something intelligent and it's something that is intentionally messing with or knows it's being watched and is trying to manipulate whoever is studying it. It's right. aware of the fact that you're trying to observe it and it's intentionally fucking with you. Because it doesn't want you to be doing that. And so much of this goes back to the word skinwalker, the whole concept of the American Indian tradition of there being a animal or a spirit or a creature that without doing direct harm encourages harm or bad things to happen to you or to people. It does seem oddly human too. Yeah. It's, the poltergeisty type elements of it being almost all, like a, all of it, a persona. Yeah, for sure. Even the orbs and the, the UFOs and the, the animals and stuff, it seems strangely human in the way that it's interacting and in the way that it, it reacts and it's emotional and all these things that we attribute to human behavior right are embodied in all these very non-human things right all right i think we're close to the the point of what the fuck is all this yeah sure sure you got something else i got one more thing all right in hunt for a skinwalker nap and kelleher draw comparisons to other um other reports from the same area trying to make the point that as strange as this all is it's not necessarily unique right and that there are 
other locations, both in the U.S. and around the world, where some very eerily similar things have happened. And they specifically cite a, a ranch in Colorado, so very close to where they were, with a bunch of similarities to Skinwalker. Mm. It was a husband and wife with two kids yep. who bought a ranch. They reported seeing Bigfoot light creatures. Oh, yeah. UFOs and orbs. And I, I pulled a couple specific stories because they are fucking awesome. <laughs> Jim, who was the husband who owned this ranch, one day sees Bigfoot on, on his ranch. Great. And Bigfoot. watching. Bigfoot is coming for that ass, though. Bigfoot is chasing Jim across his property. That's not exactly very similar to the things we've learned. No, it's 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 uh, it's actively aggressive, which is not something you usually hear in Bigfoot stories. Yikes! Jim's not having it. Jim pulls out his rifle. Jim shoots Bigfoot. (laughs) (laughs) He shoots Bigfoot, and the the bullet doesn't appear to physically harm him. Much as when Terry shot the giant wolf man, it didn't seem to really do anything. Big dog. But after he shot Bigfoot, he continued chasing him. Bigfoot like wandered off and Jim goes after him. He could hear Bigfoot whining and emitting an electronic beeping sound. What? This man shot robot Bigfoot. Holy shit. Right? Ro- ro- big, ro- Bigfoot? Fuck Robot Grandma. We got Robot Bigfoot ro- in Bigfoot. Colorado. No, don't fuck Robot Grandma because we got t-shirts coming, you guys. And I've seen the, I've seen the original. You gotta stop teasing this, bro. No, it's happening. I've seen the mock-up, but they look amazing. <sighs> okay. Ro- Bigfoot. Robotic Bigfoot in this bitch. Ro- Bigfoot. So he shot Electronic Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine? Okay, you see Bigfoot. No. That's already the weirdest day of my life. I saw Bigfoot. Bar none. Bigfoot starts sprinting at me. I shoot Bigfoot. I'm counting these things off on my hand. You are. For all those of you that cannot see. I see Bigfoot. Bigfoot starts charging at me. I shoot Bigfoot. Bigfoot starts beeping? (laughs) Fam, what? Like, there's no... That can't be real. Is your initial inclination that Bigfoot is about to self-destruct? Because that would be my initial inclination. Right? It's like the uh, the fucking fembots from Austin Powers. The other one from this same ranch on Colorado. Dude looks outside, and he sees his kids staring up. He has two kids. He sees them staring up at the sky. And he walks outside, and there are nine UFOs hovering above his house. That's... Too many UFOs. I would say one is generally too many, but nine <laughs> for sure. And the kids are just staring, standing there staring dumbfounded at these nine UFOs. And much like Terry kind of reached his breaking point, Jim has had enough. He yells out at the UFOs something along the lines of, fuck it, I'm going to burn this place to the ground. because if we can't have this ranch nobody's having this ranch damn go fuck yourself the ufo inhabitants telepathically responded to him dr jim we accept your proposal (laughs) (laughs) which i think is the single greatest ufo story i've ever heard they're like 
Yeah, fucking great. That's what we've been trying to do. Wow. If you want to burn your ranch to the ground, have at it, Jim. We've been trying to get you to fuck <laughs> off, Jim. You finally figured it out, dickhead. Dr. Jim, we accept your proposal. Damn. Burn that bitch down. Dude. Go ahead. So that would be so much creepier than them not responding or responding. Fuck yeah. That would be so much weird. And there are nine of them telling you to burn your own house down? Yeah. Your kids are standing out there? Yeah. Awful. Just to clarify, Nap and Kelleher. not Nap. Was it Nap and Kelleher or was it's, it Bigelow it's in, and them? It no, this is I mean, I think it's Kelleher telling this. So but it's were, hard to tell what's Nap and what's Kelleher from okay. the book. But essentially they were trying to point to it seems really weird, but it's not as weird as it sounds and, when and you yet dig it's an happened area. in other places at other okay. times. Got yeah. it. Yeah, Got yeah, it. Yeah. Which I guess would further to some extent lend credence. Or I guess that's probably obviously their intention of telling those stories is to lend credence. Yeah. Or them. maybe uh just give a give more context to what could possibly be behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's not unique to this location or these specific circumstances. This sure. is something that can happen and has happened elsewhere. Right. Right. Which I think really leads us to what the fuck was actually going on. Oh man. Well, one thing that I can say came into my mind initially with the NID stuff was well, actually before the NID stuff, and I was glad that I learned this later from uh from Nap that they checked for this. But one of the first things I thought was is there a mass hallucination going on? Like, is did they move into a field that is just... Oops, you bought a poppy field. Oops, you bought a poppy field. <laughs> or oops, you bought a ma- magic mushroom farm and You've you didn't know it. high as fuck for two years. Yeah, your cows are eating the mushrooms and jumping off cliffs and you're walking through your fucking fields every day fucking yeah. inhaling fungi spores and your whole family be tripping their balls off literally 24-7. Yeah. And so, of course, you're going to be all seeing fucking wild, weird, aerial shit. It would be constant, though. I mean, yeah, uh, ostensibly. It's not going to be isolated to just seeing Bigfoot. Well, it would depend. I mean, if you... if And you, everyone wouldn't see the same thing. Right. I'm, I guess what I'm saying is if you're kicking up spores in your field, maybe one day dad's kicking up spores and goes, oh, fuck, there's a weird thing, you know? I'm, I'm just talking about, like... The first thing I tried to clarify was, is this a shared hallucination? Is this a something else? Also, NIDS tested for that, did they not? So NIDS tested for that was this, yeah. was something I was glad to learn was they, um, what did you say? There was the, the bio, the There's biochemist a guy? Kelleher is, it was a bio, is, okay, so was, was a biochemist. So they grabbed, Kelleher grabbed samples of everything, the soil and the plants and the trees. They tried to get a full biosphere of the area so that Mm. they could make sure that there wasn't anything either chemical or biological in nature that was causing these sort of wild visions of fucking crazy shit. Yeah. So that was my first thought was, is it that? Along those lines with looking for sort of a natural explanation for what could be going on. Yes. Uh, Kelleher and Knapp also explored the possibility of a, um, a seismic, electromagnetic, or infrasound variable. Whoa, 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 whoa. So I think infrasound is something we've talked about before, but basically sound waves below what human beings can actually hear. So human beings can hear 
sound between 20 hertz and 20,000 hertz. So it would be anything below 20 hertz. You can't actually hear it, and yet it can have physical effects on the body, which sometimes can induce fear, paranoia. Hallucinations. Yeah, sometimes uh, physical hallucinations because it can actually vibrate like your eyeball. Ugh. It can have re- it can be a resonant frequency with your skull, and it can induce uh, visual or oral uh, hallucinations or auditory hallucinations. Mm-hmm. They ruled that out. The seismic idea is that something called te- tectonic strain theory. Whoa! And it was actually Sounds developed pretty far out. Developed by Michael Persinger, who we've talked about on the show before. He was the dude who uh, made the God Helmet. Oh yeah, yeah, Mikey, shout the God out, Helmet. Shout out to I think was that the the near death experience episode that we it talked about. That was I think that was in part two though. Yeah, so he he made this. Uh, it's a, like a modified snowmobiling helmet that with like electrical frequencies that would potentially make your brain think or feel. Certain yeah, things. he his could, intention was to separate the ego into two pieces so that you could have essentially the le- the left and right halves of your brain independent of each other in your own head. And in some people, it would induce uh, out-of-body experiences and or religious experiences. Yeah. Anyway, Michael Persinger also has this idea that a lot of UFO sightings can be attributed to earth stress, which is a real documented thing. I feel earth stress every day. (laughs) It is very stressful to be on the earth. Which is, uh, the idea is that seismic events even very minor ones that we wouldn't necessarily detect uh, physically, sure, still release energy, right, and electromagnetic energy usually, and sometimes that can manifest as light. And so there are there have been anomalous Whoa. lights reported in the areas or observed in the areas of seismic events, hmm. and that's that's documented. That's a real thing. He took it a step further and said that this electromagnetic energy that's released during these events could also generate very low frequency or ultra low frequency radiation that could induce hallucinations in human beings. Oh, interesting. So you're seeing very real lights that you don't have an explanation for. Sure. While simultaneously having a hallucination that you don't know is a hallucination. Sure. And he attributes a lot of UFO sightings to that. Mm, that's pretty fascinating. And that was something that NIDS was aware of going in and something that they wanted to try and document if possible. Or prove or disprove. Yeah. Wouldn't that also, though, be something where you wouldn't necessarily have a shared hallucination? I mean, that would be different in everybody if it, well, the, if it were happening. The lights would be a, a real physical thing. But it, dad... If dad's seeing a dog, son the, the probably hallucination isn't aspects, also seeing a the dog. The hallucination aspect you would think would be... Unique to, to the person, person having yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So they, they attempted to correlate the timing of the unexplained lights at Skinwalker to any seismic activity in the area yeah. using the U.S. Geological Survey, and they couldn't find any correlation between the two. Another one that I saw was that they were measuring just the general gravitational force and pull of the area to see if there was any sort of gravity shift that was potentially... Um, what would that be caused by? I don't know, just generally, the the way that I heard it explained was certain distances or positions from the poles or whatever, there could be a gravitational anomaly on the surface or something to that effect. Wouldn't that be 
magnetic or electromagnetic? How would, maybe that is it? what it was. Maybe it was because I, I know stuff. I know they they mapped. They created like an electromagnetic map of the area. Maybe that's what it was. And some some people and some their websites now that have reproductions of this supposed map that they claim shows a magnetic anomaly on the property. Okay. Near where this supposed portal was. Okay. That's it's all it all seems pretty flimsy to me, but I I don't know. But that study is probably what I'm thinking of. Yeah. That is, that's another thing. To well, and that was one of their. For. That was one of their original goals was to try and document any anomalous electromagnetic activity. Yeah, I mean, I, I have, one of the few measurable things that right. could maybe have an influence on humans that we wouldn't be aware of. Is it an observable, measurable thing that we can potentially do anything to attribute the high volume of fuck shit going on? Right. Two. NIDS ruled out any natural explanation for what was going on. They also ruled out that it could have been a hoax. Sure. Because there were, these stories go back long before the Shermans were ever on the property. Right. Hundreds of years, according to the, the Ute Native Americans. Many of these things were reported by neighbors, by law enforcement, by visitors. A lot of that happened, again, before the Shermans were ever there. Right. And... The NIDS investigators witnessed a lot of these things themselves. Right. So there would be, and they witnessed these things often when none of the Shermans were on the property. Sure. So if there would be, there would be no way for the family to be somehow hoaxing this. Right. The next thing they went through were possible delusions. I I guess that would maybe include hallucinations. But it could also be the family is somehow all schizophrenic or, you know, whatever. But again, to your point, if Nids observed these things as well and the neighbors observed them as well, and that, delusional people doesn't account for all of these people. It couldn't. And that was basically their take. It's, it's, it, they said it's a lot harder to rule that out. We can't right. say for sure. We didn't do psych evals on everyone that came on the property. So it's technically possible. Right. But like the, the, the number of people and the range of people and the amount of time over which this stuff was happening suggests that it's extremely unlikely, if not impossible. Yeah. They then, they, they got pretty out there. They uh, explored the possibility of an advanced human civilization. Nice. Uh, the idea of a, a breakaway civilization, if you will, that at some point in our history, certain humans had access to advanced technology that the general population did not. And that this actually created a split amongst humanity. And now there are us regular ass humans and these super advanced technological humans going portal jumping, which is a cool idea, but sort of impossible to measure. Yeah. I also don't know what their possible motivation would be. If you were an advanced human civilization, you're going to spend years at a time just fucking with four people in Utah? Yeah, that, yeah. What would be the reasoning, what would be the motivation behind that? Like, like I can't say for sure it's not what's going on. No, but I hear you. But I don't see any reason why that would be what was going on. An advanced civilization probably has better things to do than moving your groceries back out of your cabinets when you're not looking. Right. That's, or, a, that's a great example. Or putting up. <laughs> You know, like the poltergeisty type shit is all just very, it has, it seems to be a little bit more 
random or meandery than it than yeah. than something like that. I think the same could be said for their next hypothesis, which was extraterrestrials. Mm-hmm. I think that's sort of the same thing. If, if you came from another planet to Earth and you were trying to interact with life on Earth, yeah, why would that ever be how you would do it? And what are you gaining from doing that? Right. I could see maybe, you know, I, I've always, this is sort of the quintessential, but cattle mutilations a lot of people say oh they often remove genitals and body parts and is cattle mutilation a way that extraterrestrials try to learn about you know species life on, on this Earth. planet yeah. right but in this case that's like one tenth of what's happening exactly i was gonna i was good i was just about to say i could see that if that were the primary part of this whole thing but it's not it's one of yeah, like you just Doesn't said. Explain Bigfoot orbs. climbing out of a portal. <laughs> it does not, or our Chupa refrigerator buddies, yeah, right. or any of those other refrigerator things. death rays. Yeah. So that that one doesn't make a ton of sense to me either, no. and they kind of came to the same conclusion. The one that maybe seems the most plausible, although not entirely plausible, this is a Nids take that they explored. Yeah. yeah. So the. The, the book, The Hunt for the Skinwalker, is broken into three sections. Yes. The first one being all the crazy shit that happened to the Shermans before Nids got there. Yes. Second section being all the crazy shit that happened while Nids was there. And the third section being, can we actually figure out what's happening? Sure. So one of the hypothesis hypotheses that they explored was that this was some sort of military activity. And it doesn't fit perfectly but it gets closer than any of the other ones for me. They suggested that maybe there was testing of some sort of psychological warfare and or holographic technology and or stealth technology happening. Mm. And the property is, if it, if it does not border, it's very near an Air Force base. Sure. They suggest that it's a small, isolated community and a very uh, sort of insular community that doesn't, when they were talking about the the Native American community there, that doesn't interact with the outside outside world. outsiders very much, and so if they were to see something strange, they would likely not talk about it. it. Yeah. yeah, and if they were to talk about it, it may be easier to dismiss. Sure, from a PR standpoint, Nids went as far as bringing in five remote viewers in case this story. Didn't have every base covered already. <laughs> we now have remote viewing. hey They had five remote viewers view Skinwalker Ranch without obviously knowing that they were viewing Skinwalker Ranch. Right. And describe what they saw going on there. So they're given coordinates and they were just said, they were just told to describe what they saw. Four out of the five described seeing a military presence. Mm. So anywhere from seeing military officers to military aircraft, to buildings and installations. Three out of the five said that they saw a grid of wires and electronic equipment buried underground, suggesting that maybe there was some sort of underground military installation. It may also, if if there were high voltage things going on that weren't Visible uh, above ground, it might explain some of the electromagnetic anomaly stuff that that Nids observed. Right. Along those lines, when the Shermans bought the property from the previous owners, there was a clause in their purchase agreement 
specifically stating that they were not allowed to dig on the property. That's interesting. That was not explained further. It just said it. They agreed to it and signed it and never asked for clarification about it. But they signed an agreement when they bought the property saying that they would not dig on the property. This one, for me, gets closest to explaining what was going on. I but can it see, still has some huge holes. It does. Such I, as, what was the wolf thing? Because that seemed, it, it definitely physically interacted with another animal. Yeah. It's not holographic. It's biting a cow's head off. And, the, and Terry was kicking it. It but, doesn't explain the oral tradition of the, of the ute people going back hundreds of years. Yeah, that's true. The military was not present in 16-whatever. Right. So it gets close, but it's, it's not everything for sure. I totally feel you. One of the, one of the elements of this that I, I guess I do kind of connect with to some extent is if you're getting messed with psychologically, you can think a lot of things happened. That's true. You can see a lot of things. You can think you're picking up a clot of hair and you're picking up a clot of dirt. You That's true. I guess those things are still dependent upon the the eyewitnesses and their reports. But it's it's not just one person either. Right. But so if four a lot people of, are somehow sharing that ex, that experience and well, that shared experience also goes hundreds of years into the past. I mean for what it's worth, I don't know. I don't think there was any story, at least as far as I encountered, that the entire family had happened at the same time. The wolf one. All four of them were there. Yeah. I was going to say, can can you share a psychological delusion? That is a thing that's happened. Or can, you know, I, people... I it seems unlikely, but I don't actually know. People can be suggestible. I mean... That's, that's true. I guess if one person saw it first and then said, holy shit, look at the big wolf... And then they go, yeah, we saw a big wolf today. I mean, on some weird mind control shit, on some hypnosis -y type shit. I mean, I don't know. How would that be happening, though? You know what I mean? I don't fucking know. Right. It'd have to be 100% covert without fail. Right. And in and at the same time, indirect somehow. Right. No. I, I don't know. It, yeah. it's, it explains some things pretty well, and it doesn't explain other aspects at all. Totally. I completely agree with that. The last ones they went through are the Skinwalker Curse. One possible explanation is that the Navajo actually cursed the Utes because of some ancient grudge between yeah. the two and that that land was forever cursed out of spite towards yeah. the Utes. I, I guess. I mean, I, I don't yeah. know how to how to really prove anything in either direction on that one. Yeah, I legit can't, you know... I feel like I know so little about the culture and the religion, the spirituality and any of that stuff to even remotely start to try to entertain those things. And the, the and whole, the whole premise is based on like, do you think things can be cursed? Well, right. And if you do, then you'll, then sure. And if, That's a if you don't, right. then it doesn't explain anything. Right. They proposed a dimensional portal or a dimensional window yep. of sorts, which again, at some people think that there are many if not infinite dimensions right. and universes and that sometimes these might brush up against each other and we may be able to see it from one to the other and some of that stuff is sort of kind of supported by theoretical physics depending I, on who you ask but i know that you have to accept the existence of this for the sentence i'm about to say to be okay but to me that explains more 
wholly any of these things. But we talked right. about this before in the past where it's like, if anything's weird, well, it's just interdimensional, which means anything can come and go as it pleases and can show up and not and doesn't right. obey any it is, rules. It is it's kind like an of, easy blanket. It's not necessarily a good explanation. It's just sort of an all-encompassing one. It very neatly solves one mystery and opens up an entirely new, probably more complex one. Right. Yes, if there are multiple or infinite dimensions and things can pass in between them, then yeah, anything could happen at any time. And I guess that explains it. But then somebody needs to explain to me how infinite dimensions that can cross over work. Work, right. <laughs> and the- why you can go in one direction and not the other. And right. I mean, that there are so many more problems that yeah. you now just invited in. Definitely. In order to solve one or, well, several, I guess, depending on how you look at it. You know, one of the things about this response or a version of this response that I kind of like a lot is, and actually George Knapp talks about this in the presentation that he does about Skinwalker. I'll put this in the show notes too when we put this on the website. It's a, it's a cool video. It's a long video. He answers some questions at the end. Basically, he ends his presentation being like, I don't, I wrote a book, but I don't fucking know. Like, I don't have an yeah. answer for you guys. I wrote a book about a bunch of weird shit people told me. I interviewed sheriffs, and I interviewed neighbors, and I interviewed everybody I could interview, and I told you a bunch of stories in this book, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm fucking, like I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Right. And somebody was like, yeah, yeah, but like, you know, can you be more speculative? And he stays pretty general, but I think it's an interesting take that we don't really consider very often. We do we do separate the the paranormal or the strange or the weird in this world into aliens and sasquatches and we orbs and we we separate these things into different phenomena just in general. Mm-hmm. And basically what he kind of responds to this woman with is him saying I guess what maybe I've been led to sort of consider is that maybe in some ways all of these phenomena are connected somehow. Like they they have actually more in common with each other than we would maybe think of just based on the way that we interpret them as receivers of, oh, that's a thing that people experience. Oh, that's another thing people experience. And they're all very weird. And I think even in his response to her, he says, you know, the people who believe in Sasquatch are so mad at the people who believe in aliens because they're like, no, this is an animal that's on the planet. And Dude, the people there's... who believe in aliens are like, if you fucking weird Sasquatch fucking eight people could just shut the fuck up, we could finally figure out extraterrestrials. There's a story in The Hunt for the Skinwalker about uh, a guy who goes up to, he follows this little light, this orb, yeah. up to the top of this hill yeah. where he meets a guy in a spacesuit. Sweet. Holding a box with a button on it that controls Sasquatch. Yes. There's a Sasquatch down in the field, and the alien spacesuit guy is control. He's like a. That's why it starts beeping when it gets shot. Yes, he's he's an alien. He's an alien drone robot signaling back to his alien overlords to to pull him out. I mean. If you wanted to explore our planet without getting seen, would you not create like uh we meat we're, form? we're pretty sure this is a meat form animal <laughs> that like you is sort of like you guys and hey, like your apes. Hey, make, make that robot furrier. And then you just turn it into like a yeah, fucking put him down there. 
Yeah, turn it into an RC car, and you just use your little fucking zoom zoom and steer it around and right. make it explore for you. There was a Men in Black story, by the way. I, I don't think we have time to uh, time to get into it, but uh, uh, just in uh, case they didn't cover exactly all of the paranormal, them they also got the Men in Black. All right, last one, because I think we've gone long enough on whatever the fuck all this is. Boy, howdy. Uh, the last hypothesis that Knapp slash Kelleher suggest is the idea of bigger worlds, meaning that an ant, for example, is not necessarily aware of human beings. He's certainly not aware of our culture, of our history, of our interactions, of our thoughts, of our language, all of these things. Right. He may not even have the ability to comprehend that that is a form of life or that he is a form of life. Right. And we assume that we're at the at the end of that scale. Right. But we wouldn't know if we are or we're not. Right. And there may be life around us on our planet all the time that is just not, it's not even another dimension, but it's just not operating on a level that we can observe or understand. And every once in a while we get a glimpse of it. Just like when the ant realizes, oh shit, I'm climbing up this, this mountain that moved <laughs> and it's your leg. And it's, yeah. That or your hand and the they have an or... interaction, something weird happened, something unpredictable and unexplainable happened. That doesn't mean that they know that that was a human being who was walking across a driveway right. in front of their house where they do X, Y, like they, they, there's no comprehension of that other plane of existence for, for lack of a better term. For sure. I guess my one, my one fight against that would be that interestingly enough so many of these things resemble things that we do understand to some Maybe extent that's the only way we can understand it though yeah i guess i just because go, a lot of it is well at first it looks like or i thought it was but then later i sure. realized it was this or it was like a wolf but it was bigger so it really wasn't or it yeah. didn't have a face it's like maybe some of that stuff is our little scrawny ass overwhelmed brain trying to just like slap some shit together yeah. in the moment right to let us keep living right it's but it's maybe that's not really pieces. what's happening in that in that situation yeah yeah it's a good point our our senses our our organs play tricks on us all the time they do and often all our brains are doing is trying to grab from the preassembled definitions we have inside of our head and, and we mash them together until it goes. We have this, this innate is this. need to categorize things, right. whether or not it actually fits. Sometimes, right? Again, that's a very that explanation, so to speak. It's just like kind really, of an esoteric. It brings yeah. up more questions than it does answer anything, for sure. But it's a. I thought it was an interesting take that certainly could apply in the, in this situation. Yeah. No. Definitely. I um long story is, short I have no fucking clue <laughs> what was happening. I was going to say regrettably I feel like this episode ends in the way that many of our episodes end. Not regrettably, but just it 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 ends in the way where we go we don't we we know as much as y'all do. We just have explored it maybe deeper than you have potentially or maybe you know more about this than It's, it's like than the we Ghost do. Hunter shows. Yeah. We, you know you're not going to find a ghost. Yeah. We know we're not going to answer these questions. Yeah. We, but you, we're going to talk about it and hopefully it's entertaining. 
You guys, the punchline of this episode is Spencer and I bought the ranch and you're all invited. <laughs> We're all going to throw a huge fucking rager in the field. Uh, real quickly before we leave. Yes, sir. You can actually find the exact location and driving directions to the ranch. But please don't go. Well, it is private property. <laughs> If you go on private property, someone can shoot you. Especially, yes. And on this private property specifically, it is patrolled and you will be arrested for trespassing. All right. Don't do it. However, if you go to skinwalkerranch.org, they have maps of the area and they, uh, they highlight some public land from which you can see the ranch. Got it. From roughly a mile away. Got it. Skinwalkerranch.org. If you're ever in the Utah area it's about three hours east southeast of salt lake city you can get a pretty good look at it i'm sure it's beautiful out there. i mean that too you're you're near some very beautiful areas yeah you got national parks in the area right there's cool camping and and stuff if you want to take a little detour and look for some ufos or interdimensional bigfoots portal portal hopping through utah we're told that's where it goes down. They can uh, they can help you find legal ways to do that. So tight. That's what's up. It's some wild shit, dude. It's it's one of the like more general. Most of this stuff fascinates me more than it creeps me out. This one gets me a little bit. Yeah, no, I've been creeped out all week with yeah. this stuff. I, I yeah. think what I actually texted you after day two of doing some reading is like it it feels kind of devious in a way. Like the, it's not well intentioned. Whatever it is, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I can look at, um, I can look at some of these things independently as more just anomalies of our universe, but when you when you take them all into consideration together at the same time, and then things are dying as a result, and things are like dying and getting like fucked with kind of mercilessly, it starts to feel something's not good evil almost yeah. in, a, in a way that kind of starts to really super duper skeep me out i'm spooked as heck i am spooked <laughs> as heck um, all right we love you guys uh it's send time us for an us email at hi at whatifpodcast.com and let us know what you want to hear about tell us that you love us or you hate us um if you haven't so far we keep getting them every week and we're grateful to everyone who does uh, hop over to iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app and just leave us a quick review. Um, it super duper helps, especially for, for all of y'all who have given us so much love and, and give us love on, on the socials, etc. Um, yeah, if you can just go say some kind words about us on iTunes, it means the world to us. On the socials. On the socials. Thanks, Dad. Uh, and uh, lastly, just hit us up at whatifpodcast.com. There's a bunch of stuff up there and more to be added soon. Everyone was pretty ugly, but it was still a pretty good time. It was a pretty good time. We love you guys a lot. See you next week. Love you. Bye. We'll be back next week with another episode of the What If Podcast. Learn more at www.whatifpodcast.com. Podcast.com.